catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Raina Troy Hotline. Alicia, Michael, what's going on? We know you have takes. We have takes. I'm actually surprised that your rant line, rave line, whatever, isn't completely full. Why can't we just win a game? Can I blame Michael Castillo for this? Can I blame Bob Connolly for this? Can, can I put on a zebra shirt and just go out there? Scratch, claw, up against the wall. Can't explain that what I'm feeling right now, guys. I can't believe it. Let's open up that race Woohoo! Oh, I can't believe USD has hired Lincoln Riley. Oh, yeah. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Random Troy Radio, episode 494, coming to you on Monday, August 7th. It is our annual preseason roundtable episode. We're going to be talking about the big picture about the USC Trojans, but also a lot of conference realignment talk because the whole landscape of college football has changed. In the last week, the Pac-12 essentially done with. And uh, we've got our friends Kenneth Martin and Jake Merrifield along for the ride today. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Reign of Troy. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Reign of Troy. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. Email address Reign of Troy at fansided.com and our phone number 818-643-7227. Suck it what's brewing. Suck it, Reign of Troy. Shorter and <laughs> as always, it still works. I, I'm your host, Mike Garcia, generally with my co host here in the Rancher studio, live in Los Angeles, Lisa Daratola. Hello, everybody. Hello. Uh, we are live on YouTube, as always, uh, in a special little format. We've moved over to the, uh, the, the, the dining room table, which means that we've enlarged our production here we've got a round table with our friends it's a uh, rectangle i can, would like to point out yes it is a rectangle, it is a rectangle. It's very what, else, what else is he lying about <laughs> uh we, we got we got kenny and jake here and so we got no video so if you're watching us on youtube uh there's no video of us um but we're it's because we're on strike as sag actors we, <laughs> we can't show our faces exactly uh but uh, if you listen to us on apple podcasts it's the same format as always so uh, as always, uh, every time we have our, our guests here, we're super pumped about it, uh, especially uh, bringing THT back from the dead. Yeah, I, I mentioned it on your call-in show somewhat recently, but I did have to come to the heavy decision to leave THT and 
to join the ROT conference. So, <laughs> very nice. Yeah. You know, conference realignment is killing podcasts. It, it really is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't know where we're going to find a home for Will. I mean, he's out of the country. <laughs> that travel is insane. So European Good football, luck to man. him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Will has been relegated to uh, to the, what, the, the Eurodivisi? Or is he just going independent? Maybe, maybe. Traveler Hates Thursday does have a, a life beyond its, its, you know, a life beyond. I heard you guys get shouted out on uh, like a cow podcast last week. So you got that <laughs> going for you. <laughs> yeah, we keep showing up. They try to get rid of us, but. They've changed their name. They're now Traveler Loves Fridays. Right? Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, every time I hear the music, like you play it and it's so slow to me because when I listen to it, I'm listening to it at two times speed. It's supposed and to be it's much more peppy. Speed. It's much yeah. more peppy, it, but it's all good. It is absolutely the, the ultimate like head nodder you nod For along sure. but it is very slow compared to the, the, the 1.5 the, the podcast is supposed to be listened to quickly yes i feel like <laughs> yeah I, I think if you if you listen to podcasts at like two times speed like i i how do you retain everything well, i, I don't it's get sports, it sports two times is easy because there's so much dead space i hate to i hate to like cast light on how not this process. one but other ones no, yeah, other of course ones. Was, yeah there's so much dead space in the actual real thoughts that it's very easy to keep up on a sports podcast at two times you're, you're philosophy all, and i'll, I'll reverse all if i feel things. like i missed something yeah you yeah. can always do that but like audiobooks and that have that's got to be 1.5 or below but two times for sports and for, for me sure. if it's comedy it's got to be one because i want to hear the jokes like in the right you know, like right timing and, and everything. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, if it's just I'm, info dumping, I'll I'll speed it up. I'm a normal speed person. I'm basically. I mostly do normal, but sports I will speed it up. I'm a leave. I'm leaving. Well, Jake's elite, so. <laughs> well, well, we got Kenny here from Traveler Hates Thursdays, and uh, Jake Merrifield from the uh, What's Bruin Show. You can follow him on Twitter at wbjake68. You can follow Kenny on Twitter uh, at Kenneth Martin Seven. Jake, welcome, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's always good to be here. I love you guys dearly. And uh, thank you for having me back on. And uh, mostly now on Twitter, I really like my WBJ account is there, but really at what's Bruin show is like 85% me and, and 15% Mike Regalado from Bruin report online. But uh, generally that's us giving our id thoughts about whatever. There you go. Uh, look for that. If you're, you're more into uh, the CLA side of things, you probably Come on, not. follow along, but, but you might be, you might be. Uh, anyways, here on Intro Radio, we have uh, a lot of content coming your way. Next week, we start our two-a-weeks. Is that what we're calling it, two-a-weeks? Yeah, why not? Uh, Monday, next Monday, uh, August 14th, episode 495, the offensive preview, followed by Wednesday, the 16th, will be episode 496, the defensive preview, previewing the Trojans going in the 2023 season. We're super pumped about it, so come back here next week on YouTube uh, on Monday and Wednesday night. And you can listen to us wherever you get your podcasts as well. Uh, along with, uh, we got bonus content as always. You can join the, uh, the rot squad bonus content coming your way this month and every month, uh, especially during the season uh, as we do things like call-in shows, we've got a discord. Uh, you can access the discord by becoming a member uh, on YouTube uh, for four ninety nine a month. You can join the rot squad and uh, it's a fun time. So, uh, hit the button live here on YouTube and um, join us and we'll be friends forever. For the offensive preview, don't worry. You can let your 12-year-olds listen to it. It's not that <laughs> It's not, not that, that offensive. offensive. Yeah. It's it's very not, offensive. It's, it it's is very offensive, offensive, but not that I bad. find it extremely <laughs> offensive. Uh, you would. I don't want to hear about it. I really don't. 
well, you know, you don't you, you don't want to get too defensive on, mm. on Wednesdays, but har har. Uh, we'll see. Uh, the season predictions episode coming up two weeks from today. Uh, and two weeks from today will also be game week, which is insane. Wild. It's already two it. weeks uh, because SC plays week zero. Uh, so our first game preview will come up to you on August 23rd, Wednesday nights, uh, previewing USC man, oh, and man. San Jose State Lock and Horns at the Coliseum uh, Saturday nights. Uh, August 26th. Um, one little last news nugget before we get to talking about the latest going on in college football. We are on TikTok now. Oh. Allegedly. So are you doing like cool little videos and stuff? Yeah. Go to, go to TikTok. Search Reign of Troy Radio. Go follow us on TikTok. There's wow. like one video now, but there will be future episodes to like videos to come. You got to get Jesse on there. I'm 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 training up for it. Yes, we do need to do special Jesse uh, TikToks, but uh, it's a it's a brand new world. We're joining it. Like the only TikTok I've ever actually made myself was about my puppy. So I mean, I totally hey. feel that. Yeah. yeah. So when Grizzly was tiny, I did it for the schools I was happy to be teaching at the time. Oh, that's cute. That was fun. When Grizzly was tiny, wasn't he just a Bruin then? Yeah, he was actually. Yeah, but <laughs> we called him Grizzly right from the get go, though. Yeah. All right. Uh, so yeah, go, go follow us on TikTok. and there'll be more content as we go along towards the season as well. But guys, there's so much to get to. Let's just start. Uh, I, I guess I'm going to hit the news button. Let's go, Michael. We are gathered here today, um, to discuss. It's not a wedding. It's a funeral. The end you say that at funerals too, Do right? Do you? I don't think so. Yeah. Anyways, the, maybe the the uh, end. I say good to see you all. I'm sorry, I'm messing with. And your I'm flow. a ghost. I'm sorry, I'm messing with the flow. The the <laughs> end of the 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 Pacific Twelve Conference. Uh, it, it came to us as what was it? The AWWU, whatever it was, the the Alliance of Western Universities or whatnot. It was the PCC for a long time? Uh, the Pac Eight, mm-hmm. the Pac Ten. Mm-hmm. The Pac-12, and currently, I guess momentarily, four. the Pac-4. Unbelievable. Um, <laughs> or one out. USC and UCLA, of course, left uh, over a year ago and are gone to the Big Ten starting next season. Um, but the exodus really got underway, especially last week, where Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah has all left the conference to go to the Big 12 starting in 2024. Not necessarily in that order. No. And then no. <laughs> Oregon and Washington are leaving to go to the Big Ten, joining USC and UCLA in 2024, even though they agreed to a reduced Big Ten revenue payout, which is wild. Like, they want to go to the Big Ten that bag, they'll take they'll take a pay cut. Uh, according to the AP, the Ducks and the Huskies will receive a reduced payout uh, compared to the current Big Ten members and to USC and UCLA, which are protected, projected to receive more than $60 million each year in media rights from the league starting next year, a person familiar with the negotiations so that the ducks and Huskies would receive about 30 million per year for its first six years in the conference with annual escalators and the ability to draw on future payments. Uh, yeah, that's how desperate they were to leave. Not only the pack eight, whatever yeah, at pack six, whatever at the it time was. it would have been technically nine still. Cause they, it was Colorado. Uh, Colorado left, then Oregon and Washington leaving prompted Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah to leave. Uh, and now there's talk about the four remaining schools of the Pac-12, the Pac-4, Cal, Stanford, Oregon State, and Washington State potentially going to the ACC. 
Uh, Insane. Like, there's, it's, there's yeah, no way that's Maybe a merger no way with the Mountain there, West. There, could, there that... could be a merger with the Mountain West. Like, anything is still on the table there. Uh, it's completely developing our luck by the time this goes, this, you know, hits the... Yeah, uh, let's keep <laughs> checking Twitter to see what where they are next. This So this last week, if you're a fan of just the drama, the high drama aspect of college football, very entertaining week. Um, drama and chaos. Drama and chaos. I mean, this was our version of hashtag Scandival for any reality fans from earlier this year. Um, <laughs> this was the college football version of that. Uh, there was realignment, rumors, news in heavy quotes breaking every day. And then it seemed like a sure thing. Arizona's leaving. They're trying to get ASU to go to. Then all of a sudden, the morning of, none of that's happening. They're going to save the Pac-12. I mean, it was, it was high drama. Um, and... Everyone is reacting to it now. It it had the drama of a game, a high stakes game of chicken. Yeah, that's that's a good between yeah. Oregon and Washington and Arizona, Arizona State, and you know Utah and and the rest. Colorado it turns out they, they kind of leapt back to the, to the Big Twelve sort of before everybody. Yeah, else. Colorado and then, initiated the game of chicken, but in the yeah. end, it was a game of chicken between the big the now big 12 schools and the now big 10 schools. I think really Arizona and Well, Arizona and Oregon. Oregon, Yeah. Yeah. Because it seems like Washington followed Oregon's league and the rest followed Arizona's league. But it was a high stakes game of chicken where it was like they were both waiting for the other one to make the move that caused the death of the big of the Pac-12. And we know this because the death of the Pac-12 has now resulted in a lot of finger pointing and the Arizona Big 12 sort of contingent saying, well, we were all going to show up on Friday morning and sign the stuff, but Oregon and Washington said they weren't coming. And like Oregon and Washington are taking the blame. But in re- in reality, every single one of these schools from from USC initially on down, we're all looking out for themselves and all continue to look out for themselves. Like Stanford and Cal are having to look out for themselves. Oregon State and Washington State are having to look out for themselves. They're all in it alone. And that is the reality and has always been the reality. And I would just say that, yeah, I think this was initiated by obviously our schools leaving uh, back a year ago. But the game of chicken, you know, everybody ends up jumping off the tractor. But that part gets ratcheted up the longer that, you know, Klyovkov stalls about the media contract and big 12 gets it. So, I mean, that's when the the game of chicken really gets going in earnest and yeah, everybody jumps off the tractor. Like nope, nobody's left except for Cal Stanford and Oregon state and Washington state sitting there. Twiddling thumbs. Was there any way this could have been salvaged? Obviously. I think very easily. They all just would have held their water a little bit. If Colorado hadn't left, I think it would have been very simple to salvage a PAC 12 that was weakened by USC and UCLA. Sure. But not so weak because here's the thing. The Big 12 is doing a victory lap, but let's be honest. Does the Big 12, as it's currently formulated, actually have any brands no. that are better than Oregon or Washington? I think BYU, you could argue Utah BYU, it goes in maybe. there as a possible one Utah of those, but nobody now, else that they have, I don't think. No, but I mean, Utah, TCU maybe. Utah was a member of the, of the, of the Pac-12 for, oh, the, for the timing that I'm talking just, about. Okay. I'm talking about the, the, the Utah is going to be one of the oh, biggest brands in together. the Big 12 already. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Pac-12 without USC and UCLA would have been heavily weakened, absolutely. But Oregon and Washington, I think, along with Utah and Stanford, if they sort of get their stuff together, uh, I, I think they could have had a go of it, also, and they I mean, still would have ultimately been the sort of 
under under tier to the the SEC and the Big Ten, but they would have survived. And I mean, there were there was all those you know posts making fun of the deal for very good reasons about the Apple deal, but. Yeah. The one that was saying, would you sign up to watch this? If you're a college football fan, yes, you would. Yeah. Yeah, you would. You don't want to see Oregon and Washington and Oregon, Utah each year. You're fine I, just dropping those games. Even, it, even as a fan of a team that was moving to the Big Ten. I still would have, yeah. Number one, I'm a big Apple TV fan. Like, that service is worth purchasing for the not we're no, not would sponsored have been an add-on, though. What, yes but. no but like the initial the initial uh subscription for apple tv is absolutely worth it and you probably have it and <laughs> i already have, have any, it like, and apple i already products. love it yeah. yeah the the additional subscription to pac-12 football i think michael and i probably would have ended up getting it even though oh certainly we weren't gonna yeah. be watching usc on it like i feel like that probably would have been worth it unless it was exorbitantly expensive. But if you're talking like the figure I saw was something like $75 a year. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Well, I, I think the, the Apple TV thing is fascinating because when the MLS went to Apple TV, people were upset, simultaneously upset that they had gone to a place that had taken them off of ESPN and really kind of diminished the, the accessibility of the conference. At the same point... Everyone says that the only reason that Inter Miami got messy was because of the Apple TV deal and all that stuff. Like, both of these things can be true at the same time. And when you look at the Pac-12, I think it could have been either way. It could have been something that kind of benefited them. But the problem is, in the landscape of college football, one right now that is dominated by Fox and ESPN, kind of pushing their weight around to sort of push teams to the Big Ten and to the SEC to have the big, big money... Apple TV cannot compare. So I think if you're Oregon and Washington, you absolutely want to go that way. Um, because the Big 12, even with Oregon and Washington, I, well, especially without Oregon and Washington, is just a bunch of like good, fun programs to watch from a college football perspective. But is a random person tuning in i don't i don't know that they are like this is the problem with college football right now is now for byu utah and maybe the territorial cup like the the rivalries like like we are not normal people right like you're watching that yeah the people listening to this podcast you are not normal like you are the 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 fraction of a percent that is the diehard that's going to watch no matter what but to the average person which these contracts are sort of aimed at getting more average random people in the middle of Ohio or whatever, like, are they going to be more inclined to watch Big Ten football? I mean, uh, also, Big 12 football? I don't necessarily think so. The, the problem is you can't stumble upon a streaming only, yep. a streaming like, only right. game. My, that's, a big, that's a big part of it. My grandma yeah. is going to watch what's on Fox, CBS, yeah. NBC, or ABC. Like, yeah. uh, and I... I know no one in our generation does that. Like, that's not a thing for us at all. But I think there's a good amount of people who are still just flipping cable channels. Yeah. Well, you know, I'll tell you this. You know, it, I really think that number one, I don't blame any of the Pac, the former Pac-12 institutes from leaving. Just like, just like, really, for UCLA and USC to leave last year, it was a no-brainer in hindsight. Yeah. So I don't blame any of them for making the decision they did. But if had they stuck together, the Pac. Ten would have been a very viable conference, and I think if given the chance, they would have they they would 
they would definitely be a better conference competitively than the Big 12, whatever anything the Big 12 has. But the problem was, is that by the time it got down to that Apple deal, right, and it's for the second time in a row, when this media deal comes up, it's like, oh, bet, bet on yourselves. Bet on yourselves. You'll get the subscribers, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. In the face of every other conference getting guaranteed money, the, the Pac-12 institutions, or the, they, they had no other choice but to come, come to the conclusion, you know, don't piss on my head and tell me it's raining, right? That's yeah. what it was. You fool me once, shame on, shame, you know, all that stuff. It was a ridiculous ask to try to get the PAC schools to go along with that after the experience they had with the PAC-12 network. Yes. It was yeah. an absolute non-starter. But also... And that's how it turned out. Yes, but also, like, this is all a reflection. I mean, I think I think it was uh, Stuart Mandel who, who summed it all up perfectly for me. Like, this was a decade of the Pac-12 just yes, not yes. being well run. So, like, why do... I am not surprised that the remnants of the Pac-12 that USC and UCLA left behind couldn't get their shit together because they... It's not... Contrary to what I saw written, I think, by Pete, Pete Thamel, like, USC was not running the conference because if they had been things probably would have been not necessarily better, but certainly different if USC and UCLA had been running the conference the way they probably would have played in the 2011 uh, Pac-12 championship. Well, yeah, something like that. But no, like the leadership in the Pac-12. What a wonderful game that was. The the overall leadership of the Pac-12, the people who are making the decisions, who were pushing the conference in the direction that it was going, were the same people that drove it into the ground. So of course, like it, it you know, the 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 leftovers, the 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 Arizonas and ASUs and and power brokers at all of those schools were the ones that contributed to the Pac-12 not seeming to have a plan that all the other conferences at least seem to understand what the direction of college football is going. It's all the holistic circumstances surrounding it, too, because a a big part of this is the Pac-12 being down compared to where it had been in the previous, you know, 20, 30 years. Uh, SC going through what it went through in the, you know, at the end of the, the, you know, 2000s into the 2010s. Um, But also, I think a major part of this is just the fact that when all these conferences agreed to the four-team playoff going from the BCS to that, I think that put everybody in a posture that made this possible too. If they had gone to six or eight and all of the power five conferences at the time had had been guaranteed a spot, we would not be here right now. And I think the Pac-12 would be very healthy because they wouldn't have gotten shut out of the playoff, what, five, six years in a row, and they wouldn't have been sitting on two out of ten playoff appearances, right? It's just Oregon and Washington, the only ones ever made the the freaking playoff. And that just in and of itself turned it from, you know, uh, all of these teams putting their best foot forward at the end of the year to turning into a reality show. And it's like, who's kicked off the island this year? And it turned out that the Pac-12, more often than not, did it because, you know, the Pac-12 beats itself. And that, you know, that was a huge factor in this too. Absolutely. I'm so glad you brought up the playoff because I wanted to bring that up in this because in in all the discussion about how much this is changing college football, which it is, of course. I'm not arguing that. This is a massive seismic shift for college football. But I don't think, at least I don't remember seeing the same hand-wringing when the playoff was brought about, which I think also really fundamentally changed college football more than people even thought it might at the time. I think that's hugely responsible for a lot of people are talking about traditions and history right now. Yeah, That's responsible for a lot of traditions and history going out the window. Yes, uh, I, it absolutely changed the sport. Did it change it for the worse, I think, is the question that I am keep pushing back against people. I, because mm. I, 
I think the the, the word saying, worst is is it's for the different. It, the, the the sport continues to change because that's what that's what happens. Things develop and change, and and uh, and and it sucks to lose certain traditions, but you also bring new traditions in. You bring new rivalries in. You bring new concepts in. Like it was the whole the whole. Uh, uh, idealization of the pre-BCS. Like, the pre-BCS couldn't freaking figure out who a real champion was. So, yeah, the BCS sucked, but also the thing that came before it kind of also sucked in different ways. And the the playoff sucked in the in the four-team playoff. And but it was argue. I mean, it was a better way to decide a champion than the BCS, which sucked. By the way, and that's where I disagree because I think that the just. From the, I think the four-team playoff in and of itself was a bad call, and I, I think, think that so. it I, led well, I agree more directly teams. to what's going on now that everybody's complaining about than if they just would have expanded in a way that was inclusive to all of the power players at the time. Yeah, and would exactly. I think it would and and so that's the only one but where I'm like, because- I'd rather have the BCS, I'd rather have the pre-BCS, I'd rather have the 12 team or the 16 or the 18 or whatever they want, mm-hmm. other than the four as it was, and that's the big one that well, I have us. But the, problem re- with. the reason they went to four and not something bigger is because everybody was ringing, oh, yeah. was was sort of like uncertain about, oh, we're going to do a playoff, but we can't do too much of a playoff. And the Rose Bowl's got to come out for 530 or whatever, you know, It's a whole thing. I don't know. It's just, I just think there's a lot about this that that is, change is scary and I get it. But See, it, I, I, I think there's a difference between change and like change, right? Like, this is I, I think of you know looking at European soccer and how the, everything changed in the early '90s with the creation of the Premier League, um, the big modifications to the rebranding of the European Championship to the Champions League. Like so much changed that y- if you watch soccer, everything is redefined as like almost it. it I'm telling a Liverpool fan this, and you're gonna. No one told I, me there'd be soccer already, talk. I think I I'm gonna leave. Like, knew exactly where people this was have going. like started recounting when championships started, yeah. right? Like that kind of thing, right? Um, and you know, dating back to '92 at the beginning of the, of the Premier League. So, like, I wonder, like, is this going to be that case for us going forward? Is it going to be like the NFL merger? Like, are we going to look back at this and say, okay, going, you know. This team has won X amount of titles since the big realignment in 2024 when all these teams like moved. Like, is is this the beginning of the new era? And I think that part of that is could be true because you look back and like, well, the Premier League and the Champions League and all this stuff that changed in in soccer, it made the game better. Even if it was different, it made the game better. Could that work for college football? I don't know that this is quite the same thing. Because as much as I want to believe that that's the case, that this will be different but better and improve the game, I think we already had those changes. And those changes came in the 80s when the TV thing got changed to where the conferences had the, had the rights for, for TV deals. Um, and you were able to have the births of modern conferences in the 90s. That's why Penn State and Florida State and Miami stopped being independent schools and they joined conferences I think that is our version of what the creation of the Premier League and Champions League is. I think the creation of the BCS, where number one and number two could meet in a national championship game, was that version for us. And yes, the game is much better now, even if it is different. 
because we can actually get some sort of a semblance of a champion and all that stuff. But I think so much of the things that we love about college football has changed um, since the birth of the the playoff and, and the discord of like how we're talking about college football and everything. And I worry that it's going to get even fundamentally worse going forward. I'm optimistic, but like the idea, like we're taking your, the the rivalries the USC weekender is no longer going to be a thing you can't go to you can't go to at least for a couple of years you can't go to games um you know just by driving a 6 hour drive which on the west coast the 6 hour drive is nothing on the east coast like that's super far <laughs> but like on the west coast that's nothing and like it was a big deal that we could just you know g- pick up and drive to ASU right like you can't do that when SC plays Purdue now and you know, Oregon going to play Rutgers. Like you can't, if you're an Oregon fan, you can't just pick up and, and go do that. You, if you're, uh, you know, uh, a Utah fan, you can't just drive over to Colorado. Like you could have before. Well, I guess you could still go to Colorado, but like if you're going to play West Virginia, right? Like these things have so structurally changed everything that I'm worried that we're just turning into the NFL. And that that's, is a big fear. Like, like, I like college football because it's not the NFL. I, I agree. And, and when you have Fox and ESPN basically trying to se- seemingly make a like reproduce the NFL for college, it it makes me nervous because I don't want that soulless thing. And you you end up with this this these conferences where now they're so loaded with big brands. Somebody's got to lose, right? Like. Somebody's got to lose games. We got we got questions that we're going to talk about in 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 a couple minutes here. But like like with or like uh, I I thought of especially with with Oklahoma and Texas going the SEC, they dominated the big the Big Twelve. Well, Oklahoma but, did. Uh, yes, <laughs> Oklahoma did. But you know, you they're they're just average teams in the SEC, right? Like. It's the fear for us, right? Yeah, that's the, I, I think it's the fear for SC. UCLA. I think it's the for fear UCLA. For, for UCLA and for Oregon like, and Washington. Again, USC's like, won the conference, the Pac-12. You're, you're just like one of everybody level. else now. And does that take away part of the fervor? And as much as I know that we hate to admit this, um, as much as you know the people listening to this podcast are diehards who are going to be ride and die no matter what, when your team isn't necessarily winning... Are you going to be as passionate about things going forward? Like we we literally just no. saw this with with, with <laughs> two years Hilton, ago, right? Yeah. Uh, two now, years ago, there was the amount of people going to games, the amount of people even it dropped, off. It dropped yeah. completely off the cliff. Yeah, but yeah. what you're what you're talking about is is, is less about USC because I think SC has you know will be able to translate to the Big Ten way better than so most too. of these other schools going yes. into their conferences. Yeah, absolutely, and 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 I get that. But also what you are talking about is almost making an excuse for not putting in the competitive uh, uh, juices that you need in order to succeed. We just came out of a 10-year period where USC lacked success, and we all understood why they didn't lack success. Why they lacked success? Because they lacked ambition, because there was no one driving forward to say, you know what? Nine wins is not acceptable if you're USC. Yeah, um, we've talked in at length, you know, about UCLA and whether or not UCLA settles too much, um, and 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 how to properly judge where UCLA 
should exist within the the sort of college football landscape and and you know with there's questions about basketball and all that kind of stuff as well but like when it comes down to it what you're talking about i i understand that anxiety but also that's an individual program issue and sure it sucks if your team sucks but like Teams have sucked. I mean, you know, USC had down times. Stanford went from being peak of Pac-12 to being doormat of Pac-12 again, the way that they sort of flip-flopped. We've seen all of the programs in the Pac-12 sort of have their rises and falls, and it's for a variety of reasons. This is the natural order of sports. I would say also, like... We've we have a little preview of what that looks like. Of someone's got to lose when you get an eight and four Texas A and M ranked fifteenth. Yes, and, like because uh, they're in the SEC and and they're getting yeah. and they're getting the the benefit of the doubt because which will in, happen with this new Big and, Ten. And we see this in in the NCAA tournament where you have but, teams. But doesn't that, are, that kill off the notion of what we love about college football? No, that every Saturday does it absolutely matters? not. Does it though? I, I think it does. Why does the national champion every Saturday have, does still matter? Yes. Then. I, I look. I I understand the argument about it. You know, turning into a little mini NFL and all that stuff. But all it's just number one. We're talking about this these changes. This is definitely a paradigm shift. Going to a twelve team playoff is a paradigm shift. Cutting out some major conferences and consolidating is a paradigm shift that we're going to have to get used to. And Kenny hit it right on the nose when he says, "Well, now we're going to have to deal with more teams that are eight and four in the playoff, going far in the playoff. Maybe a national champion that has two or three, or God forbid, four losses." Right. But Look, in the past, the reason why that was so obnoxious to everybody is because they point to Alabama or they point to LSU yeah. or they point to SC in the early 2000s and they'd be like, well, look, they're 11 and 1 and they're, they're 12 and 0 or whatever. They went, they went 15 and 0 to win, win, the, win the title. But when you look at it, yeah, they went 15 and 0 and they won four impressive games and they won uh, six games that they were going to win 99 times out of 100 and they won four games that they shouldn't even been games because they were so, they so outmatched their opponents. It's just making it to where we are, you know, consulting the town a little bit. But it's not going to be the NFL because other than the very top, top level of this, where a lot of these players are going to the NFL, you're still yeah. dealing with a lot of teams that have a lot of guys who are just there to play college, and then they're going to move on to something else. And there's sure. still going to be the mistakes. And there's still going to be the the, the variance. The chaos, yes. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would agree with that. And I think the 12-team playoff puts some relief on that, too, because you don't have to go undefeated in order to compete for I, a national fine. championship now. You can be... You can be a team in the Big Ten that is, um, you know, third or fourth, and you can still theoretically get in depending on the landscape and then have a really exciting end to your season and have people get invested and in, in all of those kinds of things. So I just I, I think it's just drawing lines a little bit too straight from the way we used to do things to the way that we're going to do things and that's going to make it turn into the NFL. I don't think it turns into the NFL for that reason, precisely because of what what Jake says. College football has a unique chaos to it that the NFL cannot replicate. And personality, too. And personality because of... Fans will be there and all those things. A whole other issue, though, is how many plays are they going to shave away? Eventually, when we play in a game, it's like 10 plays long. That's another uh, existential threat. But other than that, I think it's very healthy. And is it going to be like the NFL where every game is... 20 yes. to 17, and whoever's yeah. got the ball last yeah. wins. I don't think there's any way that happens nope. just because of the talent differentials even, you know, within it. But, but yeah. It's not going taking the away our college direction football. of that, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. Right. we get the higher and higher score games, yeah. it feels like. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I wanted to touch on a, a tweet that 
uh, was sent out last week from uh, from friend of the show Kyle Kensing. Um, what a G. Which is, I, th- I think it's a really interesting, kind of what I touched on. Um, he says, what program moved power conferences in the last 20 years that is better off competitively? I don't mean money, which is whatever. I mean performing consistently at a higher level than when they left their previous league. So this goes to my question, my thought of like, well, someone's got to lose, right? Like just because you are the the big power in one conference doesn't mean that you're going to be that in another and then you read this tweet and you start to think about it. 20 years ago, when, when Virginia Tech and Miami were going to go to the ACC, they were going to the ACC to be the big dogs in the ACC. And it didn't turn out that I, way. I don't think either one of them have won the conference. Like, that is... Or if they have, like, once, 20 years... Like, it is insane that that they have not had that success. We know what's happened with Nebraska... Colorado has had the but what historically really ha- worst seasons ever. Yeah, when, when you know they when they went to the to the Pac-12. I think that's manipulating the the stats a little bit, though. Yeah, I, you know, like I'll grant you the Virginia Tech and the the Miami certainly they haven't panned out the way they wanted it to. But when you look at Nebraska, Nebraska was in the crapper before they moved uh, to the Big Ten because they, sure. they hired Bill Callahan, and then Bo Pelini was there, and he was winning nine or ten games yep. the four years before they go to the Big Ten. I and I guess what? He yeah. won. Nine or ten games the four years after they went to the Big yep. Ten, yep. and then they got rid of him, and then they went right in the crapper. I, sure, so, I'll give I think you these Nebraska, are case by case. Yeah, but Colorado. Like, uh, let me give you Colorado. Okay. Dan Hawkins kills their program, right? And then they go to the Pac-12, well, I, and their coaches are John Emery, Mike McIntyre, where they won ten games once, and Carl Friggin Durrell. Is that because they switch conferences, or because they're absolutely mismanaged? Right. They, this is this is exactly it. That you can, I think that you can look at, you can doomsday project a little bit about teams that have moved to other conferences without understanding that the number one thing that gives you success at the college level is whether or not you hire the right coach. Oh, like and Kyle Whittingham. And, and I, yes, and I would look. And how you manage the program, of course. And I would look at um, the, the programs that we're talking about who have made that shift and this is and major conference, a major conference. Major so we're not conference. talking about Utah yeah. having success, TCU having success. Yeah. Look at them. I would love to do an analysis of the major conference to major conference movers, the coaches that they hired, and whether or not those coaches were they- failing at the schools because of where they were, or if they were just not. Like, how many of those coaches you listing off from Nebraska, Colorado, all these places went on to have success? Well, somebody somewhere was else? consistent. Well, just just okay. let me give you a couple more data points there, right? Because, yeah. like I said, I'm granting Virginia Tech and Miami, and uh, but how about Maryland, right? Everybody always points at them and say, "Oh, they're a freaking doormat." In Rutgers as well, Maryland was 45 and 60. In the big has been forty five and sixty in the Big Ten. Well, guess what? The last nine years before they went to the Big Ten, they were fifty two and sixty. Okay, not a noticeable difference. They sure. were crappy then; they're crappy now. Right. Rutgers won the Big East for the first time in their last in the last Big East season. Okay, but and then they went to the ACC before winning. Uh, they, they went to the, to the AAC for the one year before in the mid nineties winning the lottery. Yeah, but they were a doormat for most of their history. Was that most of their history? They were a doormat. Right. right. The last one I'll give you is Syracuse. 35 and 62 in eight years before joining the ACC. They were 50 and 71 in the ACC, right? I mean, it's really about the same. You know, it's like the same seasons. Crappy teams doing major conference switching, guess what? They're probably going to be crappy. But, good but teams, they're probably going to be good. But none of those teams have gotten better. 
The only one I think you can make a maybe argument for is Pitt. No, they, they're and not getting... Yeah, Pitt would be a good example. It's like just slightly. Ah. Louisville, like maybe you make that argument, but even then I think they had a lot of success in, in the aughts no, but, uh, in, in the Big East. Like... I don't know if we're arguing that they were supposed to get better, but what I, I mean, maybe that's what I know. That's what, what Kenzing's talking about, but I would also say that, well, they didn't get much worse either. Right. They're just kind of the same. It really, but, it, but much Miami, like Alicia saying much more important is the coaching, how yeah. it's managed. Yes. And like, like, like he brought up. Yes. They were not coming from a major conference, but what do Utah and TCU have in common? Consistency. I mean, right. now TCU has a new coach, but like throughout that whole yeah. transition process, there was a ton of consistency and both teams were set up for pretty good success. Granted, and good coaching hires. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and plus, when you're moving up, like, they're all motivated to do better, right? They're motivated yeah. to go up there and kick kick butt, right? Right, yeah. And but, TCU and Utah, that's... Like, but that's, but, the, but the, these aren't... We aren't... Not, like, this thing is, like, greener pastures kind of thing, less yeah. so than moving up, which is... I, I don't know. I, 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 I agree, you know... They're, they're case by case each one kind of makes sense why they fa- why they failed but there should be an example of one that's obvious that get better well, I, but I, I think also think it one. might be I think it also is just it's not a, overly obvious that they got better either realistically like, though it's a very small sample size and unfortunately we there aren't very there aren't any examples that you can compare I think to a Oklahoma Texas USC no. sort of no it's I, it's just you can say it UCLA feels like there. it Throw UCLA it feels entirely new. What's happening right now feels entirely new to the this is, yeah. to the realignment that has happened. The in paradigm the past. shift is coming. This so if it was, yeah. if it was yeah. Halton USC, it would be. Oh, a, if it was Halton terrible. USC, this would be absolutely terrible. Right? Yeah. 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 I, I, God, I miss Halton SC. That was a, that was a great SC. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll see what happens with that as well. Uh, we, we did get um, an, an email that I wanted to touch on from Andrew and Lisbon, uh, which sort of touches on this it says they're really just going to add washington and oregon to our penn state lsu michigan 2024 schedule aren't they oh yeah wisconsin and notre dame this is why i don't want them in the big 10 i'm all for tough schedules but like i don't know how i feel about that someone needs to look at that and figure out that it's not okay andrew and lisbon this is pointing at the argument of like if it's too tough somebody's got to lose and you're not going to necessarily benefit from this uh to the point about the schedules They've got to completely scrap the, yeah. the thing. The thing that they put out a few months ago. It's done. Yeah, it's completely irrelevant. Like, yeah. they, that's they so might, funny. They, yeah, it's so, they might want to use. Hey, we this, got good content out. What, what, yeah, content we out did. what lasted longer, that or Cliff Kingsbury's first? <laughs> well, remember 2020 where <laughs> they, they they they, 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 they were they like three out, yeah. schedules. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. They're like yeah, multiple schedules that they put out. But yeah, they get. But um, yeah, how, how do you how do you feel about? UW and, and Oregon maybe slotting into those those schedules, Kenny? Uh, I mean, we touched on this a little earlier, and I, I feel like, yeah, I like that we play great teams all the time. I thought, like, in the Pac-12, we always had that issue, right? We wouldn't make the playoff because of, you know, Larry's parody. I want the parody in the, the conference. Yeah. Here's here's the secret thing about that. That makes for fun college football when there's yeah. parody in a conference. When Oregon can go to Stanford and they might lose that game. When Oregon mm-hmm. State might upset whoever. Now imagine that those schools playing instead of Oregon State and, and Washington State are USC Penn State. USC yeah. Oregon is a great matchup. Well if we if we did not define how good a conference is by national championships mm-hmm. and, and playoffs. And how fun it is to watch. Then yeah. we, were, we would have raved about the Pac-12. This like, is like, why everyone loves Pac-12 after dark. Like, yes. From, from a, from, there's a reason that people 
Pac-12 people don't like Pac-12 After Dark because, oh, it's a late game, and Which, God, uh, God forbid is, I'm up late don't at, get me into at, that at, argument on either. a Saturday night. Blah. But at the same time, just from a pure objective like TV viewing experience... It's fun. It's great. It's There's fun. a reason why people made it a thing. There's there was You just more... don't like when your team falls... You know, at the hands of of, you of know, our third string quarterback be- and your number ten Utah. The, the, the <laughs> yes. beauty of the of Pac-12 after dark, which is truly a sad thing to lose, was that those games. I and I, I can't back this up with with data, but I would wager that there was those, magic to them. The a excitement, chaos, chaos, like draw you in level of those games was so much greater than as a counterbalance. Um, the 9 a.m. Pacific, uh, whatever Big Ten or Big... Or just a blow up. Ohio State blows out Indiana. Like SEC or, games yeah, that uh, were happening that were just like, okay, is, is like, I don't know. This isn't this isn't chaos. This isn't fun. This isn't... Then I think of like that uh, UCLA-Wazoo game. Yeah. The big comeback. Absolutely it was wild. Insanity. Yeah. That was unbelievable. Yeah. Like, you, I, don't, I don't know that you ever replicated that with like Northwestern and Purdue playing it at... at but now imagine, the, the like what I'm getting at is with that parody, like imagine now that parody, but on this bigger scale. Yes. I think that makes for really fun football weekend. Yes. We got, and yeah, there will be years when SC will be 8-4. There will... It's definitely I, the appeal of it, right? Like it's the yeah. appeal of the, that, like you have all of these teams, all of these interesting, you know... That's why the TV network wants it. Right, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I get the appeal. Well, and, and I really think that, number one, I can't wait until we get enough former Pac-12 schools into the Big Ten so that we can just get our division <laughs> that's wing. named the Pac division. Yeah. We already yeah. know, you know they, they like to lean on history, so you know they had legends and, and leaders or whatever, so yeah. now we're yeah. just going to have the Pac division. And yeah. as soon as, like, and, and hopefully it becomes not just Washington and Oregon, I really, as a as a father who's paying for Cal tuition, I really want Cal in, and I'd love to see Stanford in I as well. Cal Stanford, yeah. yeah. Same. But... Look, I really don't think that uh, however the schedule works out, adding Washington and Oregon, obviously two very good programs, right? Uh, but I, I don't think that they're going to stack the, the, the schedules of any team uh, in, you know when, when they make these schedules up, any team so much that they're going to have the murderer's roar, uh, row uh, yeah. as much. So we're probably just going to replace uh, you know a big matchup with an Oregon or Washington. And it's closer. Yeah. Yeah, but, but I think it's going to be interesting to see how all that kind of scheduling comes to be. We're going to see it. Big complexities. We're going to see it really soon. Uh, probably early on in the off season when they have to get those schedules out. I uh, want to give a big shout out to to Alex in the chat who gave us a super chat. Um, you are always super appreciated. We, we love you, Alex. Uh, Absolutely. Alex is is the the dude. Number one rot bot in history. <laughs> Working, working, just like climbing that ladder. <laughs> the, the, I, I didn't know where you're going to go on from the dude, but number one absolutely works for Alex here. Well, he, Alex might also. I mean, I, I, Alex is a is a girl name too. Sorry. Uh, Alex says, "Who is benefiting from Oregon and Washington's discount or bargain? Is it the TV networks or the Big Ten schools? In other words, we know how much uh, the Big Ten is paying Oregon and Washington, but do we know how much the Big Ten is getting from the networks or at, for adding these two schools? I don't. I don't know. Is is there a necessarily a number for that? Because I, I don't know. And you know, just spitballing here. I don't know that the absolute." 
total number of the TV deal changes, considering that there's only so many time slots, right? There's only yeah. like like this might just create a situation like in the NFL where there's just more regional matchups where you might only see this game versus that game uh, when you have more teams. Uh, so I don't know that it's going to completely change the amounts of money overall for everybody to split. I think the biggest thing here is that who benefits? I think it's SC and UCLA that benefits more than anything compared definitely comparatively, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I think for sure. And you know, and, and you talk about them coming in, uh, Washington, Oregon coming in with a little bit less. The one thing I thought was interesting is, yeah, everybody's talking about how the money's just going to keep going up, and keep going up, and keep going up. I heard uh, all, our friends over at Twelve uh, Pack uh, Radio, Rob, who does that that statistical modeling. He's like talking about how he's actually in. He has like a media job, and he's like. Well, as streaming kind of, we morph from cable into streaming, there's no guarantee that that money's going to be there. And so for yeah, Washington, yeah. Oregon to come into the into Big Ten, uh, borrowing against what their future innings are, assuming that the next paycheck's going to be even bigger, that's another thing that I think out there is a little bit of drama sitting. Yeah. That was as the Pac-12 thing, right? Yeah, like, right. I mean, yeah. like the Pac-12 had the best, the best deal in TV, like mm-hmm. um, for one season, and then it got completely one up by you know, everybody else. No, you know where this is. You guys know exactly where this is heading. And the, the comparison I'm going to make is a topical comparison in the NFL right now. The running back. This is turning, this yeah. is going to turn into the running backs. I'm, I'm like, I, it, everyone's just sort of running in the same direction and the money's there. So you have to, but the reality is eventually a conference, whichever one the timing works out the least well, like is going to be the Josh Jacobs or the Dalvin Cook yeah. or or the Jonathan Taylor who's going to run up against that wall and be the one where they finally say, "No, actually, we can't this. justify yeah. paying a running back this kind of money." Anymore. Well, that's literally what happened to the Pac-12 this cycle, yes, right? So exactly. it's like yeah. who's going to be next? Yeah. So, uh, but it, even more, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's. Uh, well, and it's funny, it's funny too. Like, I know that there's been this growing kind of petty feud between Oregon and SC fans, right? And and I think it's justified a little on both sides uh, uh, for various reasons. But when you look down the line, and I think, you know, even if you're kind of shaking your head a little bit about, about a bit about Oregon being let in after us thinking that they weren't going to be let in, um, if they're having to leverage their future in the way that we just described and you talk about, you know, Phil Knight's only getting older and how does it shake down after, you know, uh, after he's gone, you know, there's a lot of things that do make the Oregon like they're in seriously. We got to get stuff done right now because who does know what the future holds. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I just, another thing I like about it that I, this topic has been discussed to death and I'm not worried about it for football, but it, the travel really is going to be crazy for these student athletes. I mean, I was friends with student athletes at SC. Mm-hmm. Their schedules were crazy as it was. And it's going to be crazier with these new, with all these new places we're having to travel to. It's nice that there's two other West Coast teams now. Yes. yes. Yeah. And, and the sooner I would they have, get more, the better, in my yeah. opinion. I have to imagine that those end up being guaranteed games. Like, and they have to. They have to be. I can't yeah. imagine. And we, like, there's a pod coming. The, we, we, yeah. got a, we got a question. Pack pod. Pod pack. We, we got a question on YouTube. Uh, who asked this one? Uh, somewhere. Uh, Touchdown USC. Uh, will the additional UW and Oregon game ca- cause more 7.30 p.m. Um, games for USC? Yes. Yeah. I think were those SC ever was, going away? I don't, I don't no. think they were. I don't were think they were. Because I think part of the reason for adding SC and UCLA was to add more time slots yes. for the Big Ten. And That's now, how you get also, more money from the broadcast partner. Also, yes. more, other... 
Every units. other conference plays games at 7 p.m. local. Yes. Why would we? Why? Why just... wouldn't we play games at 7:30 p.m. when prime time games on the East Coast are eight o'clock? And people I, are saying, yes. "Oh, well, the East Coast doesn't stay up for it. They'll stay up if it's Ohio State out here." Now, granted, yeah. that's not the game they're going to yeah. put at 7:30, but right. like. No, but, I think seven thirty games are are absolutely uh, yeah, I, I, Iowa State and and they they will yeah. they will still be part of it. But on the travel thing, just as a an aside, we don't have to talk about it. But um, number one, there will be a push to have more West Coast teams join these super conferences yep. as soon as the logistics for the four teams that are in it right now become more revealed. Yep. Also. This is the number one sign for something that should have been happening before anyways. Yeah. Football-only conferences, basketball-only conferences, including your non-revenue sports, or I'll call them like non-mainstream broadcast sports, in your conferences that are being driven by broadcast decisions is absolute madness. Solve the problem by having separate conferences for your football and basketball. And there's already and a model for that too. Like With they the, do the it. water polo and all of the other, yeah. you know, th- there's all the, all the sports that the West coast does that nobody else does. Yes. Volleyball, yeah. We'll have to probably do it's that. It's not difficult. Alicia, you know, the only good thing about football season being over, there's literally nothing good about the football season being over. It's just an endless wait until the fall. See, that's where you're wrong. It's tournament season. Best way to take your mind off the endless wait. That is true. I may not want to watch the men play, but the USC women are pretty awesome. Exactly, but it's not just SC. There's high-stake basketball moments all over the country. But you know what? They get even better with prize picks. So you're saying the only thing better than watching Juju Watkins is taking the more on Juju Watkins. Bingo! You can now turn your hoops knowledge and love of Juju Watkins into serious cash. Because you can now win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four correct picks. Turn 10 bucks into a thousand bucks with college basketball, NBA, and NHL entries. Best of all, Price Picks lets you get on the action on more than 30 states across the country, including Texas, Georgia, and California. That sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, download the app today and use the code Rain of Troy for a first deposit match up to $100. That's the Price Picks app with the code Rain of Troy for the first deposit match of up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said done everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day that crispy fish that savory tartar sauce that melty cheese that pillowy bun yeah you get it 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Well, we got a ton of questions on, on YouTube and Discord and email, so uh, let's make sure that we open up the mailbag here. You've got mail. Be sure yeah. to, to pop in your questions here on YouTube as long as you put the word question in the front. That helps us be able to sort them out as well. Uh, we got a couple of questions uh, from our buddy Dan in uh, on Discord. Uh, the first one from Dan um, comes through, uh, and he says... If the B2G, the, the too big 210, the 2IG, like huh. etc. happens, does the Rose Bowl want to be a CFP game or does it want to be an East versus West championship? I know that this was bandied about. Could could the Big Ten split into two? Um, if they added two more teams, you could literally have the Pac-10 and the Big Ten, and the East and the West, and they could meet at the Insane. Rose Bowl for a, for, uh, a conference championship. Well, I think that would be great. I think that defeats the entire purpose mm-hmm. of the Super Conference. Um, also, there's no way that Why? the Rose Bowl would want to have its game in December. Like that That's would true. that would yeah. never happen. But I think I think it defeats the, the purpose of the conference as it is because if you had it separated, if you had two divisions, you're essentially back to where you were. Where but you own it all now. You own it all right now. But then SC is only playing teams on the West Coast. You're not yeah. getting that SC Ohio State matchup in the middle of October. Well, you just shave off one of the non-con games and turn it into a conference game that's like a crossover game. I, I did, imagine there's I lots of ways to do that. I did see a report about ten conference games. Um, you could go that, ten that's conference being considered, or yeah. you, you could just have if you had you know eight or nine teams in your division, you only play six of them or something like that. Yeah, you, I mean, there's ways to do it. I mean, there's ways to do it, but I I think it I defeats the purpose now, but... also of the divisions. Like they just. Getting rid of divisions is in vogue right now. I don't think you go back and just add divisions again. That's true. Because we've yeah. seen that the imbalance in divisions doesn't make sense for unless, picking out the best team. Unless you 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 know you want to lean into a college football tradition and pay service to all of your fans, and you I mean, can do it anyway, and then you can create this matchup, whether it's at the Rose Bowl or wherever, but right. that would be the ultimate, like, look, we really do care, you know, and they're going to make a crap ton of money off it anyway, okay. right? Counterpoint. If they have all those teams. If yeah. you're Michigan yeah. and Ohio State, do you want the conference championship to be in battle? No. That's what I was going to say. Absolutely not. No, not. Well, as I said, it doesn't necessarily have to be in the Rose Bowl, although like maybe they rotate it, right? Maybe the one year, because just a, just real quick, you know, I'm, I, I, I have a team that's in a league that's national, and it's really like by the shoestring budget or whatever, and even years were on the East Coast, and odd years were on the West Coast as far as the championship game goes. Maybe they come up with some sort of agreement like that. Sure. Uh, yeah, I, I could see that. I think I, realistically, though, the scheduling model that they came up with, the theory behind it, I think is very strong yeah. and they should stay on that path. And my the, the number one word I'd use to describe it is flex. The mm-hmm. the what yeah. the, 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 the flex, flex pro, bit of it. Yeah. yeah, whatever they called that. The protect plus flex, whatever. <laughs> the number one bit about it I think that they will look at and say we need to continue down this path is the flexibility to not be locked into matchups in particular places or anything like that. I think you're right. Yeah. You have a you have a revolving um uh a, a conference championship game that moves around. I think you have pods more than divisions mm-hmm. and or faux pods where you're protecting the rivalries but then 
sort of cycling through in ways that you can sort of keep it competitive you won't see a structure that that resembles divisions and i don't think you would see a structure that would call the rose bowl the conference championship game there might be some sort of flexible option though yeah when when you say this do you do you think that the way that oregon got all oregon and washington got all this to go do you think they're like i need a dust filter for a hoover max extract uh, extract pressure <laughs> pro model 60 can you help me with that <laughs> yes, I think. Well, yeah. actually, that was probably the that Arizonas and Utah. The that, yeah. that was them. That was absolutely the call that Arizona. That was, was making. them in the middle of New Mexico, <laughs> yeah. get, getting over yeah. the Big Twelve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ab- absolutely. Uh, we got a we got a second email from our uh, Discord message from Dan. Dan is a member of the the Rot Squad. You can join us over on Discord for four ninety nine a month. You get to join our Discord and get all of our bonus episodes on YouTube as well. So join us. Uh, on YouTube and become a member that way. Uh, Dan's next question. um, Has there been any reporting that I haven't seen on if universities changing conferences have any discussions on operations and logistics? Well, I'm sure that they can figure it out. I'm imagining the AD calling an all hands meeting and telling everyone they're removing conferences and have to figure out the details later. I, I think Dan nailed it. Yep. Pretty much. Well, I I think that USC and UCLA probably had yes, I think so more too. of these discussions for the yeah. rest of them. No. Oregon and Washington had a big yeah. deck. Oregon right? and Washington yeah. made that decision within a 12-hour span. I, I really think insane. Oregon and Washington, I don't think this deal was on the table like the week before. Yeah, even days before. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I you know... Alicia, you and I have gone into big life decisions where we're like, we are not going to get the first dog we see at the yes. pound. We need to see multiple dogs and blah, blah, blah. And then you see the first dog and, and then, Jesse and you're like... And then Jesse okay, licked just, my hand and I was like, we're taking her home though, right? Yes. And that's Oregon and Washington was like, yes, we're joining the Big Ten. Well, they, they saw a different dog at the pound and it was Cujo on an <laughs> yeah. Apple deal. And they're like, oh, never mind. We got to get out of here. That, <laughs> that literally happened to us though. Sorry, Charlie. Not Charlie. What was his name? Uh, Wilson. Wilson. Sorry, yeah. Wilson. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> uh, let's, let's go to questions that uh, that we've gotten here over on YouTube. Uh, we've got a bunch of those. Uh, if you want to add a question, you can throw them in there. Um, uh, Renee says, uh, do we know if Bear Alexander is practicing? Um, I did see a tweet that showed um, from the period, it was from Ryan Young, and it was the period uh, that the media is allowed to film and allowed to see of practice. And he was out there sort of doing the warm-ups and stuff like that. Um, I don't know if that means that he's a full participant in practice, but he is on the field doing warm-ups and stuff like that. So take that for that's, what it's worth. That's, a, that's, a decent, yeah. that's an okay sign. I'll take that. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk more about Barry Alexander next Wednesday as we look at the defense. Uh, Cameron from Frisco, Texas, famously of this... I blame Larry Scott for this. Yeah. Yes, you can. Uh, Cameron says, is Alicia optimistic or pessimistic with the additions of Oregon and Washington in the Big Ten? I am optimistic. <laughs> um, I, I actually think this is a case of optimistic, Alicia. It doesn't sound optimistic. I'm, I'm, so, I'm so torn on this because, like, on the one hand, and it's funny because, like, I tweeted out when it seemed like the Pac-12, on Friday, when it looked like the Pac-12 was going to survive, yeah. I tweeted out that, like, this is, this might I be... I actually was happy about this it. This might be I, good news for USC because the advantage that USC was going to have over everybody else in the West Coast recruiting scene 
was going to be pretty big and like the competitive advantage was going to be kind of nice to let's see. Let's be honest. Oregon yeah. has been uh, recruiting USC for uh, the, a while. Yeah, Oregon yeah. Oregon has is given USC fits on the recruiting on the recruiting trail. So like that was a thing. But then the sentimental part of me was like when the when when they got moved it was like good it's not just USC and UCLA it's not just the LA schools sort of on their own island in the Big Ten doing this alone I like I love the idea of having that pod of four I love the idea even more of having the traditional California rivals get brought in and having that pod of six and and in that way like as much as I as as much as I've been saying like that people are overblowing the the loss of tradition and the death of the sport and blah 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 blah, all of that like we're I'm not gonna watch college football anymore because of all this it's like that's bullshit but as much as I sort of push back on all of that I am not completely without sentiment I am not completely I liked the Pac-12 like I liked the rivals that USC had. I liked the landscape that USC was in. I liked at Pac-12 After Dark and all of that kind of stuff. You're afraid of Corvallis. Like yeah. you, it's all these things. Yeah, all of these things. So, years, so, so yeah. retaining some of those by having at least Washington and Oregon along for the ride is... It, it, it's making me optimistic. It's making me say, like, it does. it's not all about competitive advantage and all of that kind of stuff. The sentimentality is is there, too. Yeah, Randy says on YouTube, uh, what does this do to the Rose Bowl? Jake, what does it do to the Rose Bowl? Well, I just think it's it's kind of going, it's accelerating the path with which the Rose Bowl is going to have to just end up as a ceremonial something or other uh, inside the playoff landscape, which is already where it was quickly heading. Uh, but now there's nobody to stick up for it. You know, there's no Pac-12 to really dig in and say, oh, no, we have to do it on this day and it can't be, it has to be in this time window or whatever. There's still going to be a little bit of juice for it, but I think it'll just fit in with the other bulls in the playoff. And that is definitely something that's lost. But I mean, you know, I don't think it was going to go any other way. Yeah, the last big 10 Pac-12 Rose Bowl was played last season. It was Utah Penn State. And you know what? That's perfectly fine. One of the best Rose Bowl, two of the best Rose Bowl games of the last century or the last few decades, USC versus Texas and Georgia versus Oklahoma. Like, it's going to be fine, guys. The Rose Bowl will still have the magic it has. But also, before any of this realignment, this was the playoff that changed it. You know what I would love? An early Rose Bowl. Like how early? Like okay, so you know in the in the NFL they put the champion opens the season on a Thursday night. Oh, you mean okay? You mean a different day? Wow. Yeah. No. Uh, why don't you? Why doesn't the Big Ten put the champion or whoever was like the best team in the Big Ten, whatever the champion opens the season? Wowza! Either on a Thursday night or on the the because week it's zero. One hundred fifteen degrees. <laughs> Okay, that's fair. Maybe, well, maybe Thursday night would be better. Uh, week zero, primetime game in the evening at the Rose Bowl, and it's last year's Big Ten champion against the runner-up or against the, the conference champion. Or the, uh, the, the, media the, poll or whatever it is. Yeah, the, whatever it yeah. is, like some big opponent. Yeah. Um, and it could just be a game that's already on their schedule and it just flexed up to, to week zero. I think that would be fun. That'd be fun. I mean... The Rose Bowl is genuinely one of the things I will miss the most, just of tradition. I mean, even growing yeah. up, that was always, like, right. I, I feel like I'll miss that more than, like, going to Pullman or whatever. And But that was going to happen with the playoff anyway. Yeah. Yeah, and they're going to have to figure out what, the, what to do with the automatic playoff stuff. Like, Yeah. Oh, uh, that's got to go out that, the window, that, I would those, imagine. Those things are going to have to be reshaped. Hold uh, up. 
Hold up. I have breaking news. Oh, oh, I have no. breaking Play news. Play it, Michael. I, I, uh, oh, I don't think we have that. It. Okay. Uh, this account on Twitter. The, the account on Uh-oh. Twitter. Is that, this some sort of... The one who's right about everything? The one that's, that's, that's right, and if we mean by right, uh, engagement bait on, on Twitter, um, might have actually produced something awesome. They are okay. right for once. What? The best college football podcast for every school. Oh, good Lord. Oh, it's USC? that account. Okay. Rain of Troy. Wow. Wow. Wait, wait. We are big seriously? game boomer approved. Okay, that's. I thought oh, I that thought guy is the <laughs> biggest Bayer mother ever. <laughs> I thought, oh my God. I thought Get you were going to talk about one guy. of the conference realignment people. Oh, uh, no. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No. No, this uh, is more important. We are big game Listen. boomer approved. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> They may not. They may not have things right about uh, the best Mexican food in in any place, or or, or anything. What fans else. don't care, or, or yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, congratulations. Uh, they, they, they nailed this one. Thank you. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll I'll stop clipping the 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 board. Um, Tim in LA says once the dust settles with realignment. You do sort of a how we got here breakdown of everything that got us from the 2011 expansion to the 2023 collapse. I would love to do that, but that sounds terrifying. Putting together like that is that's not one podcast. That's like a whole summer's worth of podcasts. Like that, a lot that's, to happen. That, that's that's a whole docu series. I mean, you could get into even things like. USC not being as good is a big factor in it. Like, I think, right? Yeah. I we were having a conversation with some friends um, this morning, even talking about how if USC gets the post Sark hire right, the Pac-12 probably exists right now in its full form. Like, yeah, it might even be the Pac-16. Like, they might be the one poaching from the Big Twelve. They still probably should have. They could have done that probably a year ago, which is the crazy yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah, you know what's wild, and I was thinking about it, and and I, and I, I had said at the time in that conversation, like the timing's really tricky though, because you know you you weren't going to get a Lincoln Riley, like you, who were you going to end up with, no. Justin Fuente? But then I thought about it. Why couldn't you have gotten a Lincoln Riley? Like realistically, you could have picked you up probably Lincoln. Always could have. You could have gotten Lincoln Riley while he was the offensive coordinator at Oklahoma, and and done that promotion you could have undercut Oklahoma before they were able to get to that point of, 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 of giving him the, the, the keys to the car. Like, this will come off that actually Homery. was somewhat not unrealistic. This will come off Homery. I think USC could have hired whoever they wanted to hire because, and they hired Lincoln Riley. If they went out, if they went out and acted like they did when they hired Lincoln Riley, yeah. they could have done that, but they also didn't yeah. have the, the personnel that. that was going to do that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, we got a question from Randy. It says, what will the effect be on non-revenue sports? Uh, non-revenue oh, sports. Uh, this this sucks, but non-revenue sports are very much a figure it out later kind of thing. Yeah, for that, sure. That's Absolutely. that's the unfortunate reality of it, and that includes you know all the women's sports. That includes men's sports like tennis, and the they got who knows what's going to happen with them, right? Like if all I'm, those sports. If I'm going to give the most. The Even most basketball, which is a revenue sport, like is different. Is yeah. sitting so, in the back seat here. Yeah, uh, the most uh, sort of let's spin it sort of answer to this is um, the more money uh, thing helps those sports to a point as well. Like 
more money in your athletic department. Tell us more about trickle down economics. I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but exa- but exactly, yeah, no, um, yeah, that's y- yes, that's I the ag- spin. That's the only spin I could give. Right, I uh, I agree. The only positive there. But this still sucks. Yes. It, it, it Which sucks is why them. they should do non-football conferences. They, they should, yeah. The vo- football conferences should be independent of everything else. Like, yeah. I, I think that, especially when you look at, not everybody plays the same sports that you play. Like, Even yeah. baseball, the, the, Colorado didn't play yeah, baseball. You yeah. look at water polo, the, the teams that are rivals for SC, yes, UCLA, Stanford, Cal are the big ones, right? But the other teams that play is like Santa Clara and like Irvine. Long Beach, I think, right? Cal like, Poly. Yeah, like, like those are the teams that are in your com- conference in the MPSF. Like, I think that has got to stay the same. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with beach volleyball, which is dominated by our two schools. Yeah. <laughs> like the yeah, only ones who win it. So. Yeah, it uh, to me, I just think that they already have, like, like I said, they already are doing this to a degree with yeah, other sports. Right. So they're going to, you would think they're going to veer that way. Just because that's the simplest way to do it. The interesting one I think is 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 if Cal and Stanford go to the ACC, I think the ACC kind of works for them sports wise because Cal plays a bunch of East Coast sports like like field hockey. Yeah, like nobody plays field hockey out in the West. It's very much like a Maryland thing. Well, that's the joke always about, like, why Stanford is, like, the number one athletic department. It's like, yeah, because they play a sport no one plays. And they're like, yeah. we're the national champions. <laughs> right. And, and then you, you see those lists of, like, non-NCAA national champs. And it's like, Idaho is, like, the best at, like, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, potato smelling or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, they are good at that. Um, <laughs> uh, Leonard says, how are the Pac-12 self-destruction uh, affects Roy Hibbert's legacy? Uh, you got the crickets. I don't understand the joke. Other than I don't know, it's an Indi- it's an Indiana thing, which is a a pack a Big Ten school. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm sorry about that one. Sure, uh, loss. Sorry, if that was big game boomer, you're losing that. It's either a big, spot, it's either a Big so. Ten reference or a Parks and Rec reference. Either way, I'm missing it. Touchdown USC yeah, also says, will the, will the ASU uh, versus West Virginia uh, game be pay per view? Maybe. Uh, you never know what's going to happen with the DVD. They, they still do one of those a year. Oh, uh, the, the funny thing is, SC fans love to talk about how bad the Pac-12 is. Pac-12 network is, and it is in the big. It is bad. It, it's, it's so it's, bad. Yes, it's bad. So so bad in the big ten, in Big Twelve as it stands today. Um, obviously, this will change, but teams hold their own rights for third tier games. Which means that Oklahoma every Dude. year has sold their 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 third tier rights to pay per view. So oh, every nice. year they play a pay per view game. Not Fox that, Sports Stillwater. And Dude. so the, they played. Uh, I think it was Army. Army. And they almost it was lost. Army. They almost lost. Yeah. It was, it was Army. Pay-per-view. And I can tell you, as somebody that. whose livelihood is partially based on being able to generate traffic by producing content about college football. Mm. Um, I know ex- for a fact it was the Army game that was pay-per-view because I wrote the and like How bucks, to Watch Oklahoma yeah. Oh, yeah. versus Army <laughs> article, and my God, did that thing do traffic. <laughs> well, like, awesome. like, can you imagine paying 60 bucks pay-per-view for the San Jose State game? 
That's go. What, just that's go. what I'm saying with the Pac-12. You might as well. If the Apple deal for Pac-12 was something in the area of $75 a, a year, like would that would have it. been absolutely like doable. I think it's good that Oklahoma gets like an additional $8 million from pay-per-view. Yeah, they were really hurting before yeah. that. But like, the fan experience sucks, and yeah. the fan experience for all this stuff basically sucks. So... Um, all right, we're, we're gonna we're gonna finish this up with a uh, email that we got from from Tony, um, which Jake I know will love. Here uh, it says Tony begins all of his emails by saying that this is Tony from Denora, PA, which I love. Uh, that plate from last week was a horrible plate for a cookout. Dreadful. It should have contained ribs, hamburgers, mac and cheese, and some baked beans. And if you're watching here on YouTube, we've put the picture back up of the uh, the infamous photo um, from Michigan last week. Um, Jake, I know you had thoughts on this photo. In, in fact, I sent you my thoughts on the photo, right? Uh, this is, I, we know we looked at this thing. We knew it was like perfect for you. Uh, and at least you sent it to me before she started tweeting it. Um, but, you know, my thought on this. I said this to everyone in my life. If yeah. I were running a summer camp for 10, 10 and under, like this would be awesome, right? But for anything other than that, or I'm sorry, 10 Michael. and under or Michael, yeah. this would be awesome. I mean, but other than that, it, it it's was, ridiculous. It was a youth camp. These are high school recruits. <laughs> USC's <laughs> taken their recruits to like Nobu. <laughs> And Michigan is giving That's a, a great, I know. That's a, oh man. <laughs> it's literally. But think, yeah. there's got to be the recruit like Michael who is having a miserable yeah. time at Nobu, who is like, yeah. there's nothing on who this menu. they I had can, that place. Yeah, they I might have Katsu, anything. maybe. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. No, I, the, Michael, this is just, I mean, it's a, it's very funny. And I think the fact that uh, Michigan got made fun of a little bit for it is absolutely uh, appropriate. But, <laughs> but the fact that it fits right into your food taste, uh, like just says it all, right? Uh, and I know that uh, the word elite came out of your 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 it, your Twitter fingers it when, when you it's it's just ridiculous. Elite, you don't really think that's elite. An elite oh, he does. Meal. That's the that's the problem. He does think those this is tenders look good. And that is a damn shame. It's a damn shame. I think the mac and cheese is probably the best thing on that plate. No, I'll bet you that's sorry, not even. The cookie, the cookie, the cookie the is. I'll bet you that's not even an all beef hot plate, dog, though, which the, is ridiculous. The bun, the the, 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 the bun is terrible. Like, un, unwarmed bun. I need a warm. Now look, I'll agree. With, like, I'm not above a, like you were saying on that last podcast. A plate of chicken tenders is great. Yeah, I'm like, not going to pretend like oh I'm too high. You're too uppity if you don't want a chicken plate tenders. of chicken tenders. Yeah, but those ones don't look good. That plate is plated poorly and it doesn't look good. So I I will say that. Alicia and I participated over the weekend in a chicken tender or fried chicken um, taste test. Nice. Yeah. Um, uh, d- I, I got to pull up the photo. I, I, I don't have it for, for on. Did for you go to Chick fil A? No. No. Um, Basic- no, so my brother, my brother organized this. Um, oh, nice. It was a root beer tasting, ch- fried chicken tasting, and wine tasting. Nice. All in one. It was a very interesting That's experience. Fun. What root beer one? Uh, we all agreed that that Barks is goaded. Um, the he, only one with caffeine, by the way. Yep. Does it have caffeine? Yes. Yeah. It's the oh. only one with caffeine. They, they, I, wait, bottle. how high end did you get on the root beers? How crazy did you get? He he. At Bevmo has like a, um, a variety yeah. pack of like. We did a root beer tasting over the summer as well. Um, and so he 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 got that, and and we all agreed that Barks is goaded, and then the one that I Barks really liked great. was um I'm I'm pulling it up right now. Is it frosty? Was it uh, Virgil's? Uh, is the one that nobody liked. Yeah, nobody yeah. liked Virgil's, which we were all a little bit surprised of. 
And then, uh, yeah, Americana, I, Henry, thought, I thought was outstanding. Henry Weinhardt's won our competition for the that, high end. Henry Weinhardt's. And A&W was, the, was our favorite on the low end. And then the dissenting opinion from my daughter, Molly, was Barks. Barks is great. Yeah, I, I didn't like Henry Weinhardt's. But, out of, out uh, of but the bottle, for, especially. Sorry, for the, for the chicken, the, the fried chicken tasting. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the the highest one is Helen Race. The ones that were gotten were okay. Popeyes, Humble Bird, KFC, Chamelier, Howlin' Rays, and Bruxy. Was Popeyes high on that list? Hopefully. Uh, Popeyes. Um, I gave a 4.8 to Popeyes out of seven. I gave Popeyes okay. a solid four, right Which in the middle. The second the, sorry, everything okay. was out of seven. But I love it. Was a whole thing. I love Popeyes. Yeah, yeah. 4.8 out of seven is still good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the number one for me was Howlin' Rays and that makes sense. Chamelier. Yeah. Um, yeah, Helen Ray's was was really good. Also, just talking ch- chicken tenders. Fanny Var, people are going out to the ASU game. Oh, you gotta go to Four Peaks. Go to Four Peaks. Four Peaks has, has the, the best chicken tenders. There's a glass in, on the table, the literally. Yeah, we've Peaks. got the, the, the yeah. kilt yeah. lifter on there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that that was fun. We yeah. we we do those tastings every once in a while, and we should do more. Of them. And you finally did a tasting that Michael can participate in. Oh, nice. We did. I mean, I didn't participate in the in the champagne. He didn't do tasting, the. He didn't but, do the wine. But you did the chicken and the root beer, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. all right, we we've gone long. Uh, this has been fun. We we're going to talk about preseason stuff. I want to talk about Dante Moore. Why can't I talk about Dante Moore? <laughs> I know we ran out of time. <laughs> we we ran out of time. I want to talk about Kyle Ford. <laughs> yeah. Why can't I talk about Kyle Ford? Oh, Nobody wants to talk about Kyle Ford. Son of a gun. <laughs> Um, I do. B- big, See, big we baited out everyone. Big, big we, fella. We baited him to, to come to by l- by making. Yeah, this is where they dangle in front of me, and then they shut me off. Pulled the rug yeah. out from under. I've him. never had such poor. It's all treatment. part of our plan. <laughs> Sorry, I'll, play, I'll play this for you. Brewing revolution is in full effect. Yeah, whatever. Get out of that. Brewing revolution. It's still going. It's still going. Just slow burn. They're in a new conference. Slow burn. Yeah. You don't want a revolution. Revolution. Hey, those are those were good years for us. So. There you go. Yeah. Uh, all right. We'll be back uh, next Monday with the USC preview, uh, talking on offense. Uh, big shout out to everyone who joined us on YouTube. Uh, big apologies, by the way. I screwed up the 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 streams. Shh, Michael. So the the Kill link us. that we shared wasn't the link that w- ended up going live. So we ended up we screwed that up. I'm what sorry. I hope everyone figured that out. Uh, if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, you don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Uh, and we love you too. Um, and we tell you to uh, go leave us a review. Uh, as always on on Apple Podcasts, it helps grow the show. Uh, we got a review last week, but no one wrote anything. But if you write something, we'll we'll nice. read it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but any review helps grow the show. Uh, if you listen Five to stars. us on on Spotify, subscribe there as well. All those things, uh, and subscribe to us as members on YouTube. Um, the Rot Squad that would be that would be helpful for bonus content as we go forward, and you get to join uh, the Discord. We can talk to us. Uh, all the time as much as you want so uh, yeah that's gonna wrap up the show as always thanks Kenny thanks Jake for, for, for joining any, any any final words Kenny this season is so close it's like uh, this is the longest part of the off season because each day feels so long but mm-hmm. it won't be that long before we're out there Dude, to call him again we're almost cannot there. wait I'm just, uh, you know, if we make it to the season and Dante Moore is still a Bruin I'll be, I'll be very happy <laughs> <laughs> that was a rumor ugly rumor no truth to it yeah. <laughs> no, I'm very excited. And he did. He did say 
It was all I know. All I know is that he, in the next breath after the controversy, he's like, "Oh yeah, well, you know, I went to Malibu and he went to Nobu and yada yada." So if he's doing that, <laughs> I don't think he's too worried about money. So uh, we'll Mar- Martin Jarman made a call. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, what kind of? He's made a lot of calls Sorry. recently. Future, future USA. Another, another touchy Martin subject. <laughs> you guys asked for it, and wait, apparently it's in the wait, in, wait, hold on. in the works. Hold on, I think Sam Gilbert, uh, the ghost of Sam. Okay, Gilbert. I'll come over this table. I'll come over this table. All right. Steel, uh, butt it up. Oh, well, we got to end this thing because because uh, the puppy Jesse is very hungry. She's like <laughs> tapping around, putting her chin on on laps. You, you guys should see her. She's, she's been la- playing this whole she's time. She's laying <laughs> on the ground with her. I call them roadkill toys, and just like mad that no one is playing with yeah. her. So yeah. sad. So all right, we'll be back next week with video. We promise. Uh, until then, see ya. Thanks for everybody for joining us, and uh, as always. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.